Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Everyone's Favorite Teacher. Everyone's Favorite Teacher is a podcast that showcases educators who have a passion for students and learning. Rita Pearson once said that every child deserves a champion, an adult who will never give up on them, who understands the power of connection and insists that they become the best that they can possibly be. On this show, we pick the brains of champion educators who are dedicated to their students. I'm your host, TJ Parrish. Our guests today are Yvette Davis and Anissa Holm. Yvette and Anissa are the dynamic duo that make up the West Johnson High School media team. Yvette and Anissa were recommended to me by a friend of mine, Jen Schwartz. Welcome to the podcast, y'all. Thanks. It's great to be here. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being um, our guest today. I've heard that you two are a pretty awesome team. What is the overall goal for your media program? Uh, well, what makes us a great team, I think, and what pe- most people don't know is that Anissa and I actually went to grad school together. And so we had to do a lot of collaborating before we even became work colleagues. And I think that our past history just kind of uh, informs what we do together now. And we make a great team because we we just work so well together and we see eye to eye on so much. And our goal for the media program is really all about building relationships. That's kind of the buzzword in the county right now. But we really are about building relationship with both, both our students and our faculty and kind of um, really changing the way that the community perceives school libraries. So we like to think of this whole place as sort of the living room of the campus. And we both are pretty driven about transforming the whole space into a place where people can both meet and uh, to get their information needs, but also meet to uh, communicate ideas and collaborate in group projects and things. So we want this to be a place where our stakeholders can make new discoveries, develop uh, ideas, and just execute all of their plans in life. That is awesome. I think it's really cool that you guys uh, were able to stay connected. Y'all went to graduate school, and um, and then you're able to work together. I know that I still keep up with folks that I went to graduate school with, but work with them directly is not something I've had the privilege to do. So I think that's pretty cool. And I will jump in. I was very impressed uh, that high schoolers were waiting outside the <laughs> library door at 645 this morning um, and just – you guys are the hub. It seemed to be the center of West Johnson High School. People were stopping by to picking up keys, to report internet outages. It was just hustle and bustle this morning. I was very impressed. Um, <laughs> it's a busy place in the morning. It's crazy. <laughs> you guys were, I mean, greeting students as they walked in. So definitely I saw the relationship piece um, um, right there in front of me this morning. Why is the abil- the ability, the ability to build effective relationships with students important in a media center. I think um, when when we're doing that, we we're looking at kids that are you know kind of on that cusp of adulthood. So you know they've gone through elementary and middle, but now what they're doing in high school are really kind of more real collaborations. Um, so in elementary school, they'll go to the library with their classes and and call it a special and learn different things that way. But here at the high school, um, we we are really more of a choice for the older teens. We're on an open schedule, not fixed. So kids are coming in kind of on their own, on their at their will, if you will. So if they don't think that we have something to offer, they're really not going to choose us at all. So the you know the bad thing about that is that 
a lot of times if, if they aren't accustomed to coming to the library, they don't, we like to think that they don't know what they're missing. So, you know, that's one of the things that Yvette and I work really hard on is, you know, knowing them by name, having conversations, letting them know that we're here as a resource to them outside of their classroom if they need help with research, um, MLA citations, um, even just, you know, the book consultations, the fun stuff, as, as we like to think of it. You know, they'll come in and help them um, find something they're reading. And even really more importantly, sometimes it's just a safe space. We really like to think of ourselves as an all-inclusive space where kids that, um, you know, if, if this, sometimes the social things get a lot get overwhelming, become overwhelming for them. And so we want this to be a place where they can come and it's a little quieter. They've got a friendly ear here between the two of us. And, you know, we just, we like that about that. So it's, our space is really, it's academic, it's social. And as Yvette mentioned in the, in the first question, we really want it to be a library as a place, as a community space for the kids. And what we've done in our library is we've been fortunate enough to be able to kind of rearrange some things. So we've got a really great little virtual space in one corner where we've got iPad mini set up and the kids use that um, as a kind of a, they're on pub tables and they're a little bit higher. So it's a little bit separate space that the kids like. And then we also have place for homework. We've developed um, a desk cycle station, which we'll talk about a little bit more. We have a little bit of a tinker space that we have Legos at that the kids have really been receptive to. And it's been fun to watch them work with that. So all of those different places allow us to have conversations with the kids and meet with them and really sometimes covertly sneak things in that we may not get to if they were just coming up to our desk. Yeah, we're even, you know, we're incorporating a 3D printer now too. And then in terms of relationships, I think that we're kind of like the school moms, but Anissa and I work well, kind of as good cop, bad cop too. Um, I used to be a good cop and then Anissa came and now I'm a little bit bad cop and she's a little good cop, but we, we balance well. And so I think that the students, you know, they anticipate a level of, of discipline and high expectation from us, but they also anticipate the soft skills, the listening, that kind of thing. So, um, and they know that even, you know, that, that bad cop is definitely here to help them, but bad cop is also, she's a little more of the heavy that would, you know, and I think it's be just you know a matter of how long I've been in education, not so much that, you know, <laughs> and so, uh, and they, I think if we, if we don't, you know, keep that level of, um, of, discipline going on that sometimes oh, yeah. they um they just assume that we're the two nice little ladies in the library who don't expect anything of them and I think that we have higher expectations of them sometimes than a lot of the adults in their life so and we love them <laughs> we that's do. great you guys said some awesome things I love um visually um you know the podcast can't capture it but I love looking around your media center and I'm seeing the flexible seating I'm excited to hear about the 3D printer. Um, I've never been able to use a 3D printer, so I may come back and check <laughs> out the 3D printer. Um, but I did see the, I call them peddlers, where mm-hmm. kids can sit and they can pedal while they're checking out a book. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, very exciting stuff. Um, how do you get high schoolers excited about reading? Uh, uh, sometimes it's a challenge. We have uh, a core group that has always come in very regularly, and uh, we've worked hard to attract those who are not part of the core group. And it's not easy because um, high schoolers tend to be overextended. They're participating in a lot of outside things. They have a lot of entertainment options. And so one of the things that we did was uh, last year we began and completed uh, 
a project where we genrefied the library, at least the fiction collection. So we basically rearranged the fiction collection of more than 7,000 books by genre, and it's divided into 10 genres. They're color-coded, so we're organized more bookstore style. And it used to be that this library, um, when you first walked in, was kind of uninviting, very scholarly. Reference was in the fronts, and uh, and fiction was in the back. And it's you know it's so intimidating to walk in and just see all that that academic looking stuff. So we just turned it on its head and we wanted it to be a place where kids felt comfortable about browsing, where they understood. And it made book consultations a lot easier. Now we can have conversations like what movie, what kind of movies do you like? And they say, oh, I like horror films. And now we have a horror section in the library so we can address that. Or they like, you know, things like, oh, I liked, I loved, uh, something fantasy like say Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter so we can get them over to the fantasy section and so that makes things um, easier for them to browse it makes them e- it makes it easier for them to find things that they like so they come in more um, we also uh, started um, as something that we've been wanting to do for a long time our straight crazy little first Friday <laughs> cop- cart and of course none of this would be possible if we didn't have administrative support because she yes. honestly Dr. Coates Here's our harebrained ideas, and she says, run with it. Run, go, do it. And (laughs) so our first Friday cart is this mobile book cart. It's a huge cart that we load up with books, sometimes themed, sometimes not. And we wheel that cart out on our own because we don't send TAs off with it because we feel like the kids need to see how enthusiastic we are about reading. And so we get into the classrooms. All 31 English classes we we go to during the the day on first Friday, we visit all those classes with that cart. We give them a little, you know, a little snippet if it's a theme and tell them about some of the things we'll book talk if the teachers ask us. And then we invite them to come up and check out books on the spot. And we've got a little Chromebook and a little scanner and they're super excited and our circulation numbers really skyrocket and it gets kids into the library for the rest of the month to follow. So, uh, so sometimes, you know, the first time we did it, we checked out over 160 books. And if you know a lot about library circulation, high schoolers, a typical day could be 30 books. So, uh, it's it's just (laughs) huge when we get that cart rolling out there and kids will read. They just don't always think to come here to get a book. So, uh, so we bring them to them. And so, uh, those days are both exhausting and exhilarating and we both go, Oh my God. And we high five each other and we're like, this is what we signed up for. And, uh, so we also read a lot ourselves. We spend a lot of time keeping up with YA literature so that we can, uh, translate our excitement into actual book talks and discussions and consultations and uh and so the kids are like okay I'll try that yeah and so even if they're just mini snippets they're just they get oh okay I'll try that and the teacher's like I know I want that book (laughs) (laughs) I think that's awesome if if kids won't come to Mm -hmm. the library then the library is just gonna have to go to them that's right Uh, that that is neat that you guys are going to the people and uh, one thing I call it too, just to just so the listeners can get an idea of how big West Johnson High School is, thirty-one English classes. That sounds massive to me. Um, <laughs> I think we're right at fourteen hundred students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coming from the elementary, that sounds huge. <laughs> um, and I, one thing you said too, I thought was pretty awesome. And I think it's definitely. I am not a media um, expert, but I do definitely think it's the direction to go to take the media center 
away from maybe being all academic Mm -hmm. and the resource or the research center, but making it more to that coffee style bookstore, Mm -hmm. um, more inviting to the kids, welcoming them in, it's staying relevant. um, Because I know your main goal is that you want a book in their hand. I think that's, that's great. So tell us, um, you have to brag on yourselves a little bit, but you're both known um, as innovators. So tell me, what are some of the creative ideas that you have tried that have also proved to be effective? Yes, you got this one? Yes. <laughs> well, really, we really were excited about rolling out that genrefication project, and it gave us an opportunity to kind of look at our library in a, in a different way. Um, that as well as the mobile library cart that Yvette just talked about. But we're also looking forward next year to really supplementing our teachers um, as PBL, uh, project-based learning resources for them. The county is, is moving in a direction that's encouraging that in, in some ways. So we want to be able to provide them with resources to help roll that um, project-based learning out. So a couple of things that we're doing is we've created a green screen space in the media center that's been popular both kind of you know, in a serious academic way, but also a little bit fun. We've been able to play with it a little bit. Um, we we got the idea from some of the teachers, you know, coming down asking about how they could d- use different things. So um, they've created some news shows. They've done some public service announcements and other filming activities. Um, so when we we've been able to work with them and roll that out, um, and so that's kind of fun. Another thing we're working on is, um, let's see, oh, our Dust Cycle grant. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have our own class in the fall. It's a research and writing class. And one of the kind of real-world things that we've done with them is allow them to work in teams to write grants for teachers in the building for, wow. for supplies and uh, products that they need. So we, we had a great year this past fall, or a great semester this past fall. Um, three of our groups actually won grants through the Johnson County Ed Foundation. So, and we wrote one ourselves. So if we brag on ourselves a little bit, we, we good, wrote one good, as well. Good. And so the, our winning grant was for the purchase of a set of desk cycles for our media center. And how we're using it is part of our um, extreme English classes. We're rolling it out as the Read, Write, Think project. And we're collaborating with our freshman English, one of our freshman English classes to show how the link between, you know, light physical activity while learning or doing repetitive activities can help actually engage the student a bit better, have better retention, more engagement, and just maybe enjoy the activity a little more than they normally would. Because to be honest, some of those remedial activities really aren't exciting for the kids. So we're trying to improve their morale a little bit that way. So, um, you know, especially when they're high school students working maybe on a ready isn't the greatest thing, but being able to sit at those desks, it's kind of turned them around. Their engagement's a lot better. Absolutely. You know, and I can uh, link it to the, uh, studies and research that I've read about kindergartners. Just simply letting a kindergarten um, student stand up as they read and versus sitting down. Okay. In parallel studies, the kid who's allowed to stand up his, he's learning his phonics and his letters and his um, sight words better than if he has to sit down. So you're giving the, their their energy an outlet, which actually makes them more productive. 
So that is great. I love yeah. the uh, extreme English class. And, right. And they're, they're responding really well. It's kind of nice. The, the class is split, the one that we're piloting with. And so to half the class comes down on Monday and the other half comes down on Tuesday. And then so six will be at the Read, Ride, Think Center and six will be doing one-on-one reading with the teacher who brings them. And then they flip-flop. And so um, and so it's just much more engaging for them overall. Yeah. And we have hovers, too. I don't know if you saw oh, them yeah. dangling from the desks so they can put their feet on them and they're like little swings like, like it a almost looks like a skateboard deck on a suspended yeah on a strap yeah. and, and they're a little more reasonably priced than a desk cycle but we're hoping the kids will like them and you know it's great because in the mornings and even during lunch and things those those cycles are in use frequently yeah, so even besides awesome. you know the kids that are kind of forced <laughs> to use it and um, they're choosing to use it which we're really excited you might about. have seen them I saw the I saw the peddlers being used, and I don't. I saw the hovers. I don't think I knew what I was looking at. I've in um, elementary school, we've had these rubber bands that you can put on the bottom of desks so right. kids can rest their feet oh, and bounce yeah. them. But the hovers, I think that's that's something else I'm gonna have to check out because we did use um, some funds, and we have an our media center uh, at the school I work at. Um, teachers can check out some flexible seating um, mm-hmm. options kind of like the peddlers and the rubber bands to put on the bottom of the seat. So the hovers, that's I want to steal that from you guys and put that into work at my school. <laughs> so I'm an avid reader too. So I'm always looking uh, to find out what, uh, what the kids are reading these days. So tell me, um, I'm interested, what are high schoolers reading these days? And what are some of the books that you have a hard time keeping on the shelf? And uh, also tell us some titles that you highly recommend. Anything new. I think that they're more balanced in the types of characters they're choosing, you know, it used to, or the types of settings. It used to be vampires and dystopia sort of ruled for a while. And, you know, we, we are all so over the twilights and even, you know, the Hunger Games and things like that. Not that dystopian future novels aren't still popular, but they just, they like everything. The students want new titles in a variety of genres. They love characters they identify with. Of course, that's the whole crux of YA literature Uh, and the YA stuff is amazingly good now Um, and we actually subscribe to Junior Library Guild so that we get some new titles every month and we can keep the collection fresh basically and our heavy readers love that they can keep um, up with the newest titles that come in with the Junior Library Guild subscription Um, we also kind of live in a time when it seems that the movie or even um, a weekly show has been released that's related to a novel um, 13 Reasons Why of course and then we have uh, Looking for Alaska, Everything Everything the movie versions are coming out which it's kind of funny the kids aren't a lot different from us they come in going I have to read the book before I see the movie. Do you have <laughs> we it? Love that. And uh, and we love that. So they have it. Just fill in the blank. If the movie's coming out, they want to read um, blank before the movie is released. And uh, so some of the things that have been really popular, of course, you know, we have you know John Green, who's you know just so well known for so much. Uh, Marie Lou's Legend series, Marissa Meyer's Cinder series, and uh, and her cyborgs and all of those folks. But we have some new ones kind of on the block. Uh, Nicola Yoon um, 
she received a prince. She was a prince honor recipient just this year. She's the newest one, and uh, she didn't win the, win the prince itself. Strangely enough, the prince winner for 2017 is March, which is actually a graphic novel, and mm-hmm. so that sort of surprised me. But uh, but huh. Nicola Yoon has written a book titled uh, "The Sun Is Also a Star," and um, and it's really fantastic. It deals with some immigration issues and uh, and just some of the stereotypes that we impose on people it you know I won't say it, it not everything ends all happy happy but it's one of those books that ends right and uh, and so I love it Jandy Nelson has been really popular uh, this guy this guy is everywhere as well as oh my gosh my brain just went completely blank um, but uh, but she's she was a debut author with this guy's everywhere, and she's been tremendously successful with um, both that book as well as her newest one. We have uh, Renee Adia. Mm-hmm. She's a new fantasy writer, or we've put her in fantasy in our library, and she has mm-hmm. a Wrath and the Dawn series, which has was really awesome. Yes. This and I both. And seriously, mm-hmm. love and we that. just got her brand new one. It's called The Flame and the Mist, mm-hmm. which is a start of a new trilogy. So yeah, there's that. And you know we. Um, Trilogies are the, all the rage in YA. Everything's kind of written in a three. So every once in a while, too, we really look for a standalone book. Sometimes you just just need a standalone. But right. anyway, we've got a couple of those, too. Um, there's a great um, magical realism one that came in. Uh, we got last fall. Um, it's called Bone Gap by Laura Ruby, which yeah. we both really enjoyed. And it won the Prince last mm-hmm. year. And it's one of those, sometimes the Prince can be a little like the Academy Awards, where the general population is like, <laughs> What? That wasn't all that great. It was just one. almost too highbrow. But I felt like, <laughs> but like you know, Bone Gap was both a crowd pleaser mm-hmm. as well as a critic pleaser, and uh, and you know, it was kind of amazing and a little creepy and yeah. a little like, oh, what's going on? You know, a little like reading Isabel Allende's Magical Realism, where you know everything seems very realistic until a mermaid shows up, and you're going, excuse what? me, what? <laughs> Why is she here? So, and then we got the one, another one, this in. That just came in called Bones and All by Camille DeAngelis, and that was another award winner. And that's a little bit of a creepy story about a girl who's a cannibal. So anyway, we go we go in all directions, and we love it. But um, when Yvette mentioned Thirteen Reasons Why by Jay Asher, that has been a big thing. But um, and I don't know if you if you've seen this here if you've seen the show, but there's an episode where the main character Hannah is is she's meeting up with a librarian, and she said, you know, you're part of a dying industry. What do you have to offer? And it's this great moment where he's like, you know what, it's, he goes, it's great. It's a a safe space. And he talks about how it's a place where people come together and they can find their tribe. And how he said, she's like, you don't look like a librarian. And he says, we're working on rebranding. And I like to think that that's something that Yvette and I really are doing all the time. And, you know, our relationships, our, you know, our endeavors, our projects, all of the things, you know, I'm just, I'm so fortunate to work with Yvette and to brag on her a little bit more. She was the recipient of the Johnston County um, Media Specialist of the Year. So I'm surrounded by greatness. Couldn't have done it without her. (laughs) But, you know, we, we are so fortunate. And I just, I hope that the work we do um, encourages others to, to work with us and, you know, and reach, reach their goals as well. Well, I think you guys do a fantastic job. I've been inspired today. Our conversation has really intrigued me. I was just soaking it all in. I could have taken it several different places, but uh, definitely thank you guys for what uh, you do for children, what you do for your high school students, 
thank you for your time today. Uh, just I've just learned so much from talking to you guys. Um, I'm going to have to re-listen and go back and, and catch up on those titles because I had no clue on most of those authors. I, I felt pretty um, ignorant listening to you, but you were very excited, so I know you dropped some really good stuff. Um, professionals like you are the reason that now is a super exciting time to be in education. Um, if you would like to be a guest on the show or would like to recommend a guest for the show, please send an email to favoriteteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening today. We would absolutely love for you to write a review of the show on iTunes. Students need champions in the classroom. So step into your classroom tomorrow and be a champion. That is all for now. Catch us next time on Everyone's Favorite Teacher.